Hi there, welcome to the Mr. Lindsay Podcast, episode two, talking ball. Um, it's amazing to have everyone back with me right now to get this podcast started. Um, this podcast is going to be a little bit different than my first episode where we we got into um, got into some literature. Uh, this podcast, we're talking NBA. Lots of stuff going on in the NBA right now. The league is finished for the year. The finals have just wrapped up. The Golden State Warriors have won their third title. There's been a lot of transition, a lot of coaches getting fired. The draft is coming up. All sorts of amazing stuff. Free agency, King James moving around, possibly a different team. All sorts of crazy stuff going on. And who better to talk about these issues than my awesome friend Adam. Adam is just an NBA guru, a basketball aficionado, and just an overall great guy and a you know a great person to have a conversation with um and so um the following conversation you're going to hear is 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 um, our discussion about the nba and we're really getting into some really important issues um we'll be concerning the raptors new coach um the san antonio spurs and whether you know what they should do with their organization where king james is going to go are the Warriors bad for the NBA? All sorts of different stuff. So hang tight and get ready for a great episode. Hello, Adam. Hey, Colin. Dobre. Yeah, how's it going? Good. Can you, um, I can hear you, but you're very faint. Um, you want speaker? Yeah, you're you're right close to me. Oh, okay. Um, hold on a sec. I'm just uh, figuring this. Um, I can hear you, but I can't really hear you that well. Um, but that's good. How are you? How are you doing, bud? I'm doing well, thanks. Yourself? That's nice and clear. No, I'm really good. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm really psyched to have you on. I, I, my our, my listeners have really been chomping at the bit to find out who my special guest was, and I'm I'm just so stoked to have you on. So uh, so welcome. Um, Thanks for having me. Thanks for yeah, thinking of me. No problem. And for um, my students who are listening to this pod, anybody else? Um, Adam's a close friend of mine. Um, we've known each other since we met each other in university. And uh, I've just been friends ever since. And uh, our friendship, you know, a key sort of linchpin to our friendship is uh, the NBA, which is, let's face it, unbelievable right now, considering season just ended. Uh, do you want to add anything to that? Or No, I completely agree. I, I, I think the playoffs were a huge success. And, you know, even though some people may find the finals match of boring, I thought it was fitting and looking i was looking forward to that matchup all year pretty much mm. um that western conference finals that that series lived up to the hype you know yes. there was a lot of a lot of good good basketball this year yeah for sure and uh just to kind of i guess we'll kind of go off i was asking about lebron but we can start with the warriors um is i mean the series with the rockets like came down to game seven and then Steph Curry kind of took over, took over in the third quarter and kind of just blew the doors off the uh, Houston Rockets there. But, you know, is this getting old? Like, is the whole Warriors thing, like, is this kind of getting redundant at this point? Or is it actually 
drawing in more fans? Like, what do you think about that? No, I, you know, I don't know about drawing in more fans. I, I don't think it's old either. Uh, this is this is what kind of league the NBA is. It's always been. Uh, it's it's always been star driven. Um, you know, I I really don't think it's old. It's it's the other teams that need to catch up. With the Golden State Warriors started off playing this style of basketball, and and realistically, no one's been able to catch up to them or think of a, a method of of beating that so far. Granted, they do have you know, four or five all-stars on, on the team, which which definitely helps. But still, there's there's still been no other team that can uh, match up with, with what they're throwing out there. And, you know, Steph Curry, we've, we've seen that act before. You know, he's, he's lit up lots of teams in the past. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just Steph being, being him, <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's amazing. Um, he's really, I call him, even when I watch the game, I call him the human cheat code because the things yeah. he does, nobody else in the league, like nobody no. can do that. And nobody, and, and nobody has done that in the past. You know, you watch, you watch him in college and he's, he's this little skinny kid who doesn't look like he even belongs on the court and he's there just heaving up shots and making every single one of these un- unmakeable shots and nobody thought it was sustainable in the NBA. And he's really, he's really changing things. You mean he's changed the landscape of the NBA. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, him and along with, with Steve Kurt, you know, Mark Jackson had him playing at a, at a decent level, but it wasn't until Steve Kurt came and uh, really changed the style and, and really, I think maximize his potential, mm. you know, and a lot of a lot of dedication from him. But um, he's he's definitely in the right situation. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the other thing I want to ask you about the Warriors is like this whole thing. They talk about this death lineup um, with Draymond at the five, and then they go um, with you know Steph and Nigadala um, and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, like this super death lineup. And like, can they, is, can they keep this together? Like their GM must kind of be like, he's got to be like, it must be insane. Like, uh, Well, and, and like, like Draymond has been saying, you know, he took a pay cut so that the Warriors could get Kevin Durant, you know, and, 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 and they're barely holding on to Iguodala and Livingston and all these supporting players. And now Draymond is, coming out saying he he wants a max contract so you know it's it's these little things that happen that sort of um slowly start to change a franchise and change a dynasty you know and it's these little sort of signals here and there that that grow and grow and until it becomes something that um does crumble you know For sure. and i think if Draymond, if Draymond leaves, that that changes everything for them. Um, he's he's a, a really big part of what they do, and uh, if he goes, you know that team is vulnerable. Yeah, and he's really the straw that stirs the drink on that team. Um, his his defense is in protection. It's terrific. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, I was just to say like he's just absolutely terrific. His 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 intensity. 
um, his passion for the game. I don't always agree with what he does or the way that he plays, but I certainly respect his game and what he brings and his, you know, his desire to win is absolutely incredible. Um, And so, but I mean, talking about max contracts, he's going to make a segue. Um, Speaking of max contracts, um, the King, he is, he's, he's, he's out there. He's on the free agent market and no one has any clue what he's going to do. Like, do you have any inkling as to what he might do this off season? You, you said it absolutely right. Nobody has any clue. There's, there's, there's no way to know what's going on in his head. You know, it, it, people say it's, it's family thing. Um, he's got his championships. He's, he's proved he's got a championship for Cleveland. Um, you know, so now it's more so about his family and watching his son play high school. And, you know, his son's going to be playing. Um, well, they were saying Los Angeles, but who knows? Right. Um, so you never, you never know why, you know, you don't know. And you don't know what kind of moves teams will do to, to get him and tinkering and, and what kind of sales pitch a team has for him. And because nobody really knows. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for somebody like him, I mean, for lay people like us to just go, oh, it's about the money. And it's for him, it's it's not about money. It's it just is it can't be like he, he, money is relevant. It, it's just at his stage, it's so irrelevant that he's you know he has, it has to be about something bigger. And like I try to think like what is it for someone like him that would be big? Obviously, winning championships. But I mean, he's done that now. He's got three rings. No one's gonna no one's gonna hark, you know hark on LeBron for you know not being a champion. I mean, he's got three rings, and you know for me, I look at okay, does he want to play in the East or the West? And I go, there's some teams in the East that could suit him. You know, Philly, people talk about Philly. And I just go, that's, that's a scary scenario. If he joins that, <laughs> that wrecking crew. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. And, and, you know, he even, something he mentioned that on his way out, he said his team doesn't have a basketball IQ. He went, he went to Miami and he had Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade and guys that he knew could think about the game. Then they had Udonis Haslam. They brought in James Jones and uh, Ray Allen. <laughs> like yeah. The list goes on. Hi, Adam. You there? Yes. Nice to have you back. Sorry, just the Wi-Fi drop. Um, if that happens again, we'll just try the same thing again. But uh, okay. no, we're talking about the uh, the Heat. We're talking about LeBron and uh, how he went back to the Heat, the Heatles. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where it uh, sort of dropped, but um, I was saying him going to the Heat was surrounding himself with intelligent basketball players, and the list goes on of the players that were on there. Eric Spolestra. So if, if that's the case, then why wouldn't he go to a Boston or Houston or San Antonio where he knows there is intelligent personnel and, um, you know, head coaches and players and everything around him. And he can still, you know, be involved mm-hmm. with his with his son's mm-hmm. AAU program or whatnot. Right. Yeah, that's key for him. 
Um, I, you know, I just, I don't know whether the Western conference is, is the play. I mean, who knows if he go if he goes to Houston, I mean, my God, <laughs> like, um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta factor in the banana boat team, right? You got him, yeah, exactly. Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony. I mean, I don't know, about, I don't know if Mello factors anything into anything anymore. I, he's not a free agent. I don't think, I think he's still, I think he's still going to be an OKC. Um, actually he's actually, he, he'll, I think he's, um, I think he has an option. I think he's going to opt in. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, yeah, but- Mello, Mello, I, I don't see him as a needle mover. I think, I think you put uh, Mike D'Antoni with Chris Paul, LeBron James, and James Harden, oh. and you can, you can fill the fill the gaps there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's that's crazy. But then again, you're in the West, and you got to go through. Um, you know, with the Warriors and San Antonio. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with um, the Spurs. Adam, you there? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with the Spurs. They seem to be in flux. You know, Kawhi wants out. Um, and like, I really, I look at their roster and I watch them play and I kind of just shake my head and I'm like, they're sort of like they're trying to zig when everyone else is zagging with the big lineup that they play with, with Paul Gasol and Aldridge, who's been, who's been quite frankly, he's been terrible. Um, not terrible, but he, had, he hasn't, he has not been what San Antonio has needed him to be. Um, and I think it's because the league is going in such a different way that Aldridge, he's not good defensively. He doesn't rebound very well. Uh, he's a mid range jump shooter and it just doesn't work. And I think San Antonio might be looking to sort of, change gears i know pop is getting old his wife recently passed away that might be a team that's looking to kind of maybe change change speeds a little bit what do you think about that uh i think that's that's very valid i think it's very uh possible um it's just hard to think of san antonio as not being a powerhouse in the league you know Uh, you, you lose Kawhi leonard and that team is not the same like borderline eight seed yeah yeah i mean it just doesn't work and i think i mean looking to trade Kawhi, you know to boston like boston they are absurd they they have two or three first round draft picks i think it's three in the next next year's draft it is absolutely insane what they're doing there um basically nobody nobody should be making a trade with danny age like if danny age calls you on the phone just hang up because there's no, there's no reason to talk to that guy because he's just going to swim. Well, you, could, you, may, you may get a draft pick. You may get a really good draft pick or a really good player that they have because, you know, they have Gordon Hayward, Kyrie. Uh, those guys, they, they were injured. And look what Tatum, Jason Brown, um, or Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did. You know, Terry Rozier, Shane Larkin, like, uh, the list goes on with with all the talent that they keep turning over, but it's also it's it's also Brad Stevens. And like I was saying with Steph Curry being with Steve Kerr, all these guys are with Brad Stevens, and he's putting them in the right positions. He's maximizing his guys because that's what he does best. He is a brilliant tactician, you know, and. All these guys are going to look good to other teams and they're all going to get value. And Danny Age is just going to stock up draft picks and continue to build a, uh, a, a juggernaut. Oh. 
And that's why I think that's why I think it's possible LeBron goes there because Brad Stevens is a brilliant head coach. They got a great young core that LeBron can stay there with for years to come. They have great players. You you can go back play with Kyrie. Well, if he if he has if he if he goes if he goes to Boston, Boston has to shed some money. So Danny Ainge, I can see him shipping out Kyrie. Scary Terry. Scary Terry at the point guard. You put whoever at the point guard. You have you would have LeBron with Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford. Like like that's that's insane. That's- I'll go play point guard for them. We'll make it to the Eastern Finals. <laughs> that's a good team, man. You know what? You know. Jerry Rozier, right, man? That guy, he he can ball. He's he's incredible. He's he's fantastic. Yeah, I think he ran out of gas there in the conference finals, especially in Game Seven. He really struggled. Um, but he definitely he was even, cake in that playoff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the kind of player he is. You know, I'm looking at Marcus Smart. You even forgot about him. Like Smart was supposed to be the backup once Kyrie got down, but uh, Terry Rozier t- took over that that spot. He earned it. Yeah, I mean Marcus Smart. It just you know his defense, his his intangibles are incredible. He just can't shoot worth a damn. I mean he just can't shoot threes. Um, which is unfortunate for him because he's such a tremendous player, but um, Boston's definitely got a lot going for him. Uh, Adam, I wanted to hit on the Raptors moves uh, quickly before we move on to our final segment. Um, uh, they're hiring their head coach a little bit, a little peculiar in my opinion. And I'm a, I'm a diehard Raptors fan. What do you make of this? Um, I, I disagree. I don't think it was peculiar. Um, I think it was, um, I think it was set up. I think it was tactic, tactic, tactfully set up by Ujiri. Um, you know, there were before this culture reset took over, everybody was clamoring for for Dwayne Casey's job. Nick Nurse has been an assistant coach for Toronto and was was brought over by Dwayne Casey and Masai saw him. Masai got to see him night in, night out, how he is around the players what he is, the philosophies he's he brings to the table. And I think Masai, in the back of his mind all year, knew that if things weren't going to work out, that Nick Nurse was going to be a candidate. Um, and then come time where we didn't perform in the playoffs and it, it, it came time to pull the trigger, Nick Nurse was immediately considered one of the one of the front runners and he was always he was always there um Ujiri took his time vetted a lot of a lot of players or uh, sorry a lot of coaches and Nick Nurse was standing in the end and I, I I would have to think you know throughout that whole process if somebody sort of captured his eye more than Nick Nurse that's that's probably the way they would have gone and there's there's a lot of a lot of head coaches that come with zero experience and turn out to yeah. be um, quality legitimate head coaches. People got to start somewhere, yeah. and he apparently has all of these philosophies and ideas, and is creative. And um, if if he's got really good ideas of where the league is going and how to utilize these players or what players he would need for to maximize his vision, then. Uh, then he, I, I can see that 
him selling Ujiri on that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you make a lot of good points there. I totally agree with you that, I mean, yeah, he's Nick Nurse. He's this guy. He's not a notable name, but you got to start somewhere. Um, and like, I don't totally disagree. I think, I think there's a, I think there's a segment of people who are in Casey's corner that he was wrongfully fired. And from a diehard Raptors fans perspective, it just, it was time. Like it really was. Um, I mean, you know, I, I just watching um, game two against the Cavs in Toronto, watching Kevin Love post up, you know, eight, you know, um, CJ miles, you know, like in like six or seven consecutive possessions and then nothing happening. It was just like, it was, it, it was time for a change there. And uh, I just wonder if, I wonder if Ujiri saw that coming or not. I don't, I don't know whether he thought he would be firing Casey, but I think, I think that, you know, there, there was some validity for doing it. Listen, Ujiri saw that coming years ago. Dwayne Casey is that type of head coach. He is an old school, old mentality, um, ride it yes. out, grind it out type of head coach. And that's what prompted Masai Ujiri, I believe, to warrant and advertise this culture reset because he liked his head coach. He wanted to give him another try, and he took on this mantra of um, culture reset. And he engraved that into the, the audience's minds, that that's what we're doing. But Dwayne Casey, was, when it came time to it, still wasn't making substitutions, still wasn't drawing good uh, set pieces. He wasn't um, challenging the other team with uh, unusual or awkward lineups. He was reverting to what he just is the safe way and wasn't, wasn't doing anything different. And I think it was like th- that's, that was going on for years. Yeah. <laughs> it was going on for yeah. years. Uh, well, granted, I, I, think, I think he did do a lot of good, um, and the, but I think he had really good players around him um, that executed and it could only take you so far as, as you yeah, saw. That was a great point. Like in terms of his lineups, I just watching, I see Norman Powell sitting on the bench and I'm just going like, give him a chance. And, and, Jonas, and Jonas in the fourth quarters, you know, it's like he, he gave up on them and it's, it's like he, he was trying to prove a point. You're in the doghouse, you're doing something wrong. And I think that, that, that got taken the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think you're right. Kind of ended off. Like it's interesting to see where they go. I mean, they got some contract issues. I think Abaka's contract is a bit of a, is a bit of an issue. They're going to have to try to move that. um, Uh, Which is, I don't know how they're going to do that, Um, but it'd be nice. They can kind of get away from that. And I think, I think at the three, they're a little bit weak at the wing there. Um, with um, Anunoby, I think they need to somehow make some progress there to get some sort of veteran player. I know Trevor Ariza is a free agent. Um, I think it'd be a nice fit. I don't know how they're going to get the cap space for that. Um, Ujiri's got his hands full. I, I, yeah, he does, considering he has zero draft picks. Uh, I think I Anunoby think is their greatest piece and I think he is going to be a special player. And I think Siakam is fantastic. 
Um, I think Jakob Pertl is an excellent, excellent player. Maybe not a starter just yet, but I also think um, Jonas Valanciunas' contract is the most appealing and attractive, especially the way he played this playoffs. I think they can find a, a taker for for his contract, and we may just have to write out Surge and... Um, to be honest with you, I, I would really love, and I don't know what has to happen, but I would really love Toronto to get DeMarcus Cousins. I think he would solve a lot of our problems if if we had DeMarcus oh. Cousins. That's, a, yeah. whole another, that's I think, a whole other podcast, I think. Uh, the, the DeMarcus Cousins debate. I mean, him and, um, him and the brow, I mean, they, they make a pretty formidable force. That's going to be... Whew. I don't know. I don't know about Boogie. That's all. <laughs> that might be. That might. Uh, yeah. Imagine. Imagine. He's your interior. He's your rebounder. He's a big man that can stretch the floor. He's a third superstar. He's he he check marks a lot of boxes. The one that he doesn't check mark is his personality, yeah. and that's uh, that's that's always that's always tough disrupting the locker room. But he does check boxes. Yeah. Well, I think that yeah, that's a, I think that's a topic for another day, Adam. I wanted to ask you um, some some just quick hit questions here in the next few minutes before we close this out. Um, this is kind of a rapid fire segment. It kind of I, I like to keep my guests on 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 the edge of their seats and sort of get their just sort of spontaneous I'm spontaneous about answers. You, you, re- you ready for this? Yes, okay. I am. Um, the most underrated player in NBA history. Oh my god! <laughs> uh I don't know. Um, oh my gosh, what a question! Uh, most underrated player. This is not really that quick. Um, I'll give you mine. Just just quick. I'll give you mine, and then you maybe think about it. A guy who just kind of struck me as underrated is Rip Hamilton. I mean, there is a guy who he did. Some, he played in it. He's a, first of all, he's a champion. Second of all, he did something that nobody could stop. He would just come off curls, a mid-range game, shoot jump shots, and no one had any answer for anything he did. And he, he, he had such great chemistry, and I think he was really loved by his teammates. And, like, he just had a really good career. You know what? Sorry, just to build off of that, it's funny because I remember when he – he was a, a favorite of mine playing for Washington. And when he got traded to Detroit for Jerry Stackhouse, I was – thrilled because I knew exa- that was exactly the piece they were they needed there in Detroit as soon as he got he got acquired they got Rashid Wallace and that team that team took off like that was that was a brilliant team back in the day that's a very good very good player I, I like that one yeah you just uh, yeah I didn't didn't seem to me to get any credit um I can try with a different question how about this right now biggest complainer in the NBA LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he complains. Um, oh, bro. Oh, my God. And I feel bad for him because a lot of those are, are fouls, and he's just such a, a big, powerful guy that you just you can't call everything on him. But, man, he complains a lot. Yeah, he does get... and I hate that. Why? Why not just shut your mouth and, and run back on defense? And and then when you do have when when you do need to talk to the ref about something, then your word matters because you're not complaining about every little thing. It's, you know, just just go and play. Sure, the whatever the ref says that goes. There's no point in arguing. It, I, it boggles my mind. Yeah. 
everybody, every. Oh, I hate yeah. it. No, that's a really good answer. Um, for me, it's Dwayne Wade or um, another member of the Banana Boat team, uh, Chris uh, Chris Paul. These guys have just shut yeah, up. <laughs> they spent the whole game yelling absolutely. at the ref. Um, and then my last question for you is the comeback team of 2018, 2019. What team is really going to get out of the cellar and make a name for themselves? Wait, for next year? Yeah, next year. Uh, the Lakers, they're going to they're gonna get two free agents and they're going to make the playoffs. Cool. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. I think I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic. I think they're going to finally figure things out and make a playoff push. That's my team. They're due. The Magic. Yeah. You know, you, they got they got really good young players. It's just a matter of putting that all together. Yeah. And I'm really really interested to see what what Phoenix looks like next year as well. Phoenix. Yeah. They got the number one pick. That could be juicy. Um, anyways, Adam, I really appreciate you having it on the pod. Um, I'm looking forward to future podcast episodes. I really think we hit a home run. And uh, hey, I hope you have a great night, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, give me a call anytime. Okay. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Hey everybody, I really hope you enjoyed our discussion on the NBA. It was great talking with Adam. We really hit on a lot of important topics. Um, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. And if you didn't, no worries because uh, episode 3 is going to be about something totally different. And to give you a little bit of a tease, um, it's going to be about something from the past. So just think about what that could be and um, use it as a teaser for next week because I'm super excited to get into next week's pod. Um, I hope you had a great time listening and we'll talk with you later.